Jeez, now clean now out. hit record. Clean out <laughs> clean out the pipes here. <clears throat> okay. Welcome to A World on Fire season 2. And uh I am here with uh one of the uh regular uh, cohorts in crime, uh Ross Aiken from Stop Let's Team Up. How are you, Ross? I'm doing good. Thank thanks for having me again, Billy. Absolutely, my friend. You and I just recorded, uh, I think, only a week before we're on here again. We did our last Freedom <laughs> Fighters, which was a lot of fun. Freedom Fighters is great, but uh, we have a, uh, a new member to the cast of characters here. Uh, a guy that has been, uh, you know, friends with me on social media for quite a while. And a huge, huge Earth 2 fan. Uh, so welcome to the show, Ward Hill. Terry, how are you, man? I'm terrific, Billy. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, you have been following along, albeit a little bit behind, right? <laughs> I am way, way behind. <laughs> uh, no, I love listening to A World on Fire, but even when you announced it, I decided I wanted to do a read-through with you, and I just got too bogged down in much to read along, and then it became, um, well, for heaven's sake, you were doing two-hour podcasts of these of these books Oh yeah. So then I got farther and farther behind, but I still wanted to read. <laughs> so I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm getting back into it now. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm to the point where I really read nothing other than what I'm podcasting about, just because there's so much going on, and that's tough. Because sometimes I want to read other stuff, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, you're doing like 40 podcasts a week or something. <laughs> you're you're worse than you're worse than me, Billy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Between uh, your stop, let's team up, and Doctor Who, you have a lot going on too, right? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm about to start Starman. I'm going to start recording um, next weekend. Oh yeah, boy. Look, looking forward to that. Yeah, I played the trailer on our Freedom Fighters episode, I believe. So yeah, hopefully uh, people will get out there and give you a listen, right? Yeah, I hope so. I, keep, yeah. I plugged it on every show, all my shows. So hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good character, Starman. So yeah, we're here. Uh, we're here today to talk about a very special issue, and not just because it's DC special, but a very special uh, origin, untold origin of the Justice Society. And this is a DC Special 29 from uh, cover date August, September 1977. So before we dive into that book, you know, the cover and story and all that jazz, um, why do you not, can you please uh, regale us with your uh, Earth 2 kind of origins and thoughts on Earth 2 and uh, even uh, All-Star Squadron would be fantastic, my friend. You're addressing me, right? Absolutely. This is Terry. Yeah, uh, this is this is prime comics buying time for me. This is, this comic book came out in May of 1977. I was in seventh grade and I uh, I was still 12 years old and I had been buying comics for just about a year at that point i had been reading them earlier and so because i would read them on vacation uh not you know just get a get a couple of quarters get a couple of comics mostly the harveys and the richie rich that stuff and archie of course mm -hmm. uh but i always loved superheroes especially superman and batman because they were on tv and i would watch mm -hmm. them every chance i got which unfortunately was not very often because they were on cable TV. We didn't have cable TV in my house. We had, we still used the antenna. We had a lousy little antenna. So I had to go to a friend's house to watch Batman or Superman in the afternoon. Um, I still, that was my fascination. And my parents for Christmas, and this would have been Christmas of 1975 or maybe even 74, they got me the Jules Pfeiffer book, The Great Comic Book Heroes. 
I you guys love that book. book. <laughs> oh, it's terrific. Oh, so yeah. that was my introduction to DC's, mostly DC superheroes, the Golden Age people, all the World mm -hmm. War II characters. So when I picked up an issue of the Justice League in 1975, I thought, well, why, why is Green Lantern different? Why is Flash different? Why are their names different? What's going on here? When I picked up my next issue of Justice League in 1976, it was the team-up issue, the JLA, the JSA, and all the characters in Earth-S with Captain Marvel. Oh, aha. And they, gotcha. they explained it in a couple of panels, and I said, oh, okay, I get it. That's easy. <laughs> no problem. Parallel worlds. <laughs> I loved it. So now I understood why these um, these characters I had already known about, and I knew their origins. I knew all, all about the the ra railroad engineer carving a lantern and getting a ring from the lantern, and and the college kid inhaling hard water fumes, and the other college kid training his body. All that stuff I knew that stuff already. Then I started to learn about their Earth One counterpart. Learned what Earth One was, but I had the great love for those older characters and especially superman superman was my guy so i was buying all that's when i started buying stuff i started buying superman comics and action comics and when i started buying within a month i saw all-star comics there was number 62 and on the cover it said he's back the golden age superman that's all it took. I didn't know what All-Star meant. I didn't know what Super Squad meant. I didn't know what Justice Society meant. All I, I did know what Golden Age Superman meant. And I had to have that comic. And that's when I fell in love with the Justice Society. So this book came on sale almost a year later, and I was all in on it. And uh, ever since, that's been my favorite thing. So I was on the ground floor when All-Star Squadron was announced, when Roy Thomas was announced, he was coming over. That was that was mm, prime stuff for me. So, of course, when mm -hmm. the Parallel Worlds went away, pretty much I went away, too. <laughs> I said, forget it. This, I, now <laughs> I don't care. And about, um, actually, I did start, I did stop collecting comics pretty much just a year or so after the crisis. It was just, it, they weren't as fun for me anymore. And uh, mm -hmm. my life had just changed. So going to a comic shop regularly uh, was not in the pattern of my life. But about 12 years after that, I remember listening to an interview with, um, oh, who's the author? Oh, my goodness. The, the fellow who wrote The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Michael oh, Chabon? Uh, oh, Michael, Michael Chabon, yeah. Chabon, Chabon, Chabon. yeah. And that was... Yeah. Uh, producer of star trek <laughs> i was listening to the interview with him on fresh air and he was talking about how he um would when he was a uh, father of a young person would read old legion of superheroes comics and legion was also my other favorite and i decided i still like those i still have the old issues and that's what i decided to start collecting and now we're talking 20 plus years 25 years ago from now um, I decided to start collecting and fill in the gaps of my Legion books and my Earth 2 stories, especially concentrating on the Justice Society. Mm. So for a little while, I was haunting the shops and looking at the back issue bins and, and picking up all those JLAs that were published before I was buying or before I was born and other issues. I, I still have a few to go. Now, 
now I've got almost every Justice Society appearance in the Silver Age, except for the first two. Mm, I've got nice. a couple of the other ones from Flash. So now, <laughs> if I ever get back to a shop with extra money, those two things are really hard to come by. I, I want to acquire more Earth 2 appearances from the from the 60s and 70s. But uh, that's the, these are all my favorite characters. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's I love hearing these kind of origin stories. You know, you, Ross, you know, Sean, Mart, because DC and especially the uh, Earth 2 characters are a fairly new, uh, you know, adventure for me in reading because for probably my first 20 or more years of comic book reading, I was almost strictly just a Marvel guy. Mm -hmm. And I've only really gotten into DC in the last like heavily in the last five, you know, 10 years. So a lot of these things are first reads for me. So I love reading through these and then hearing you guys talk about them that now, hey, when I was, you know, five, 10 years old, whatever, I bought some of these comics and I love hearing those origin stories. It's fantastic. And are you, and you, you are able, even though you, you, know, you grew up reading comics, you're all about comic books, but you, you're able to put yourself back into the mindset of a 10, 12 year old kid because you really need to be to read these things, to mm -hmm. enjoy them. You can't go at them with a, you know, a postmodern approach. If you grew up reading Sandman by Neil Gaiman, for heaven's sake, you're not, you, know, you can't <laughs> read about the Atom or, or Dr. Midnight <laughs> or someone like that. It's just, it's not the same scope mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely um i definitely try as best i can to always even when i read something from the golden age just you know take off my 2023 20, now glasses and just think and uh, look at it from the, the times it was written in just so i can get the most appreciation out of it i can because if you look at the you know older comics with modern sensibilities it doesn't quite work out sometimes no. so yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, good stuff. So yeah, fantastic, man. Like, yeah, I like, I knew you'd always reach out to me every once in a while and say, Hey, I'm, you know, listening to the show and, you know, I was at this episode and that episode and I, I totally feel you with the, uh, trying to read along and listen and everyday life is just, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough to pull off. <laughs> so yeah, I, I totally, totally feel you on that one. So what about you, Ross? Do you have any, what are your, uh, you know, uh, first, uh, memories of this issue? My brother, by this is, you know, I was, this is 77, so I was 14 going on 15. No, wait a minute. 12 going on 13. And uh, and I, yeah, yeah. And I was in uh, eight, seventh, seventh grade, I guess, too. And my brother is the one who gave me comics. Like the first Justice League comic he gave me was Justice League 100, which is the Justice oh. League JSA Seven Soldiers of Victory. Yeah. And. He, then he we we had a, a comic shop very early on. Like it, we were so we were going to a comic shop then seventy seven, and we went and got all these team ups and stuff. But this one was one. Our copy when I it, the collection became mine, and when I had to sell my collection, this my original copy went with it. It was well read, <laughs> well read because this I I posted the splash page today on Twitter because I was reading it on my phone. And I took a screen cap of that because this splash page is like literally one of my favorite comic images, period. Mm, uh, yeah. Mine you know, too. I, I was I was in on I, I was already a JSA fan when All Star Comics fifty eight came out. But then I mean you had Wally Wood and then you had Keith Giffen and then you know the stuff was so good. 
And I didn't know there wasn't an origin for the Justice Society until it was in a letter column, I think, that this was come. Someone had said it, and then Levitz decided to do it. Oh, cool. And this is yeah, the last the issue of DC Special. Mm-hmm. They never published This was the final one. And they only had original stuff in it the last three or four issues. Yeah. It was always a reprint book. They finished up some Secret Society, Supervillain, Captain Comet, and the Atom stuff in it. And then this. Uh, and it's just, I, this is one of my favorite comics of all time. It is such a good story. And it's, I love Joe Stanton and Bob Layton as an art team. Yes, yeah, they are incredible. Uh, I want to talk on that right away. When Back then, I was getting stuff off the newsstand, and uh, it was a spotty distribution, as they say. If you got to the store on the wrong day, you might have missed an issue. If you went to the wrong store that week, they didn't carry that issue. So you missed a lot of stuff. I missed a lot of stuff. So I had got a couple of issues of All-Star, and I was... Man, Wally Wood made everyone look perfect. That's how yeah. they were supposed to look. So that's what I expected. Then I picked up an issue, I guess it was All-Star. And later, I think the second one that Joe Staten and Bob Layton drew. And I was really shocked. I, I remember really disliking it. Um, however, by the time this came out, and then the uh, DC Superstars number 17. What happens to that issue, fellas? Huntress origin? Huntress. That's right. Yeah. That sealed the deal. Staten, is that Layton, Layton too? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Now, I, know, I know that Joe does not like Bob's inks on his pencils. And I will disagree with the artist because I yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, this I've is what the too. Justice Society should look like. Yeah, Staten, Layton. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's... it's Layton was a I mean, I like I'm a big Bob Layton fan. And when he did Iron Man, I read that. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of followed him and I've always loved his art. And, yeah. And he's a good and he's a good story. He's just a good storyteller. But I did love him as an inker because I miss mm-hmm. nowadays. We don't have inkers in my in recent comics because anybody who does it digitally doesn't have to ink it. Of course. He mm-hmm. can, you know, he well, he does, but it's simpler and he can do it yeah. himself. he can do it in like minutes instead of weeks um but i missed the idea of a penciler and inker because you would get these great teams stay mm-hmm. Layton, burn austin <sighs> oh, yeah yeah somewhat two that are two of my favorites busima klein and swan and klein and both <gasps> busima and, and swan hated george klein's inks see and i like swan and anderson that that's the, I do too. Well, Swanderson is a special beast. It, they, even, yeah. it, they had to give it a special name. It's so good. Swanderson. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't look, it is the perfect, it's the perfect combination of two artists working in unison. Yes. I mean, that's a really, those. that's an incredibly, I think that's probably the greatest penciler inker team. Cat, don't step on the comic, but the cat's trying to step on the comic. Don't step on the comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson. That's some uh, high-quality stuff right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of high-quality, why don't we speak about this cover? And, wow, Neil Adams, uh, mm-hmm. you know, wholesale here. So why don't we speak on this cover? Uh, this is a really good cover. It's got, like, a, a an orange-reddish kind of background, and we have all these JSA members in the background fighting uh, some Valkyrie. And then up front we have uh, – 
our buddy uh, Uncle Adolf, and he's screaming and hollering and <laughs> holding <laughs> holding the spear of destiny. And he's in the forefront and there in the background. But uh, I really do think this is a great cover. I think Adams did a great job here, right? What do you think, uh, Terry? Um, I'm on the one hand, I, I love it because I love it. On the other hand, when I'm I've been studying it now for several days, and it's it's okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, there's it's so busy um, oh, yeah. that it's not it's not the best composition ever. But with what Adams had to do, it's pretty amazing that I was able to do it. The things I particularly like, I'm glad Superman is dead center, and the way his face is lit. It looks like the way Wally Wood would ink something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've never really noticed it. Yeah, he's punching a Nazi bomb and there's sort of a glow lighting up the left side of his face. And all the um, all the other JSAers look how they look, except Sandman is missing. Is yeah. he the only one not uh, he is the only one yeah. not on the- that's yeah, something I missing. but I didn't notice that until Roy Thomas pointed it out in the All-Star Companion. Gotcha. Yeah, I do. I do like this cover quite a bit. But Ross, what do you think? I like it a lot. It's it's very different than the interior art. I kind of wish. You know, I'd always wish that we could have seen because Staten's version of all these characters are so perfect in the story that it was this. But it's a really good one. I have I have one pet peeve to it. Adam is flying. No, he's being thrown by our man. Oh, he, oh, that's what that gesture is. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Oh, I never caught that. I would, I, I didn't see the motion lines doing. Okay. Yeah, the only thing weird about the that's Adam a is he's pun- punching. Special. Yeah, he's punching a horse. <laughs> yeah, he's punching a horse. He can't hit a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fantastic. I looked at that and I'm like, no, they really show a reaction there. He's really punching that yeah. horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the I horse is like, hand. yeah, the horse well, is this a little came, like. This issue came out after Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it was an homage. But yeah, I love yeah. Superman being front and center there. I don't know how smart it is to punch a nuke, but uh, well, it does No, it's not fantastic. a nuke. Nukes weren't invented yet. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to think of what they call it in the issue, but yeah, it's a he's punching it. It's a it. bomb. It's a, he does better. He what he does to it in the issue is better than punching it. I will yes. say that. <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Batman. He almost looked like he was riding on GL's shoulders there for a second. Yeah, I ha- I kind of did a double take there, but he's swinging on a grapple hook that's connected to a cloud. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened on a show sometimes too. <laughs> the Spider-Man 60s TV show. Oh, yeah. He, webbing clouds. <laughs> mm. But yeah, overall, yeah, good cover. I like it. It, it shows uh, 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 Hitler for what he was, an absolute loon. Uh, so that's always a good thing, too. I really like that. But yeah, maybe maybe Staten and Layton, you know, if they would have done the cover, we'd be having a different conversation. Maybe it would be the, the you know one of the best covers we've ever seen. You never know. Maybe. But Neil Adams did, did so many covers back then. That's part of the reason I picked it up. I love Neil Adams' covers. Yeah. Well, what gets me is Layton didn't Satan didn't do many covers until That's later. True. Yeah, I mean because the next issue after this is uh, issue sixty-eight of All Star, and that's an Al Milgram. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's some Buckler, which is always I, I like a Buckler yep. cover. So, but I mean he maybe yeah I don't think he does he doesn't do a cover until like issue seventy. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. No, wait a minute. Yeah, it is seventy. I think. 
Um, yeah, the first one he does is 70 with Huntress first appearance in an issue. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, all right. Well, why don't we dive in here to this comic? And this is uh, the untold origin of the Justice Society. And uh, we made mention of the team here. We have uh, Paul Levitt's uh, scripter, pencils, Yay. Joe Staten. Yeah, inker, uh, Bob Layton. Colors, Anthony Tolan. And letters, Bill Morse. Um, and then there's just a little quick synopsis here on GCD. It says, uh, a secret meeting between President Franklin D. Roosevelt and British agent Smythe leads to the formation of the Justice Society of America, whose top secret mission is to stop the planned invasion of England by Hitler's Nazi Germany in November 1940. So, all right, well, let's just jump in here. You guys made mention of this splash page already. Wow, what a piece of artwork this is here, right? It's the best. Yeah, I, I would love to have a print of this. I know yeah, that Staten has had has had them made and sold them at conventions in the past, mm -hmm. but I would love one. I would frame it and hang it up in my com my uh, my office, which is all Doctor Who and comic book stuff on the wall. I would <laughs> love this is one I would love. It's it's my favorite image uh, of the Justice Society, especially pre Crisis Justice Society. Yep. And everybody's in it. Even they even hide Ma Hunkle in the back. Yep. Yep. Both red <laughs> tornadoes are there. Yeah. Yeah. I like I love that, and uh, Mister Terrific because I, I think he was added later or something. If I, I remember something that you know they had to tell him who was in it. He uh, Mister Terrific showed up in an All Star Comics in the forties. Yeah, but when, there was this debate: was he a member or was well, he a member? But, it was when um, all All American Comics was just about to break free from DC Comics, so they. Shelley, uh, the editor, got rid of all the DC characters for that issue of All Star Comics and put oh, okay. it all all American. And Mister Terrific was in Sensation Comics. Yeah, but so that that stuff. If you ever read the All Star Companion books, I strongly recommend them. If you like the history, the the nuts and bolts details of publishing history of these things. Um, then in the '60s, when they did the JLA JSA team ups, he was in. One of the early ones, and that's when he was officially made a member. I think. Okay, so, okay. I have all the All Star Companions, but I've only read the first one cover to cover. I kind of jump into the other ones when I need a little info. Yeah. So is that the the gentleman who's the top left corner there? Yeah, that's right. You can't see it. It says "Fair Play" on his shield on his tummy, right behind okay. Sandman's hat. Yeah, because yeah. he was the only guy that I didn't recognize right out of the gate. I thought, who's that guy? <laughs> well, when you get to he he does come up. He is he makes a brief one panel or two panel appearance in All Star Comics later. You haven't gotten that, Billy? That leads into uh, that JLA JSA team up I covered last weekend on. Stop. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Terrific is a particular favorite of mine because one of the very first comics I had was the famous first editions of Sensation Comics number one. That oh, one came, of the, the treasury size one? Yes. Oh, yeah, nice. I know. Okay. We got that. I don't know how that came about. In a box of clothes from someone donated or something. That comic was there. And man, uh, that so not only get a Wonder Woman story and Mr. Terrific, also the first Wildcat story. So, oh, wow. That's part of why I have such an affinity, affinity for these characters. And Mr. Terrific and I have the same name. So he's always been my favorite. And of all the stuff that DC Comics has done in the last 50 years, the only thing that still has happened the same way with all the retcons and universe punching that's happened, everything changed, everything changed it again, everything changed back. 
Mr. Terrific is still dead. Mm, That's yeah, the true. only thing that hasn't changed. Yeah, when I looked at this, I like I said, he was the only character I couldn't figure out. And one teeny, weeny, little tiny nitpick for me is a Power Girl. It looks like her femur is about three feet long. <laughs> but other than that, fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, does she even have knees? And I'm like, oh, they're like two inches above her ankle. I see. <laughs> but yeah, so they're behind the, they're behind the credits. <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah, this is really, really nice. I, I just... I, I love it. I mean, I would have put Wildcat right next to her and put a look on her face like, oh, no, not you, you know, because <laughs> she's always uh, has a beef with him because he's a bit of a chauvinist. I love it. <laughs> but, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, this one, there's a, a little tiny prologue here of two pages of this. Uh, uh, I, I assume he's like British intelligence here, this Smythe coming to see uh, FDR. And I thought that was a nice little setup, you know, these two pages here. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, now, it's, the fellow that FDR mentions, he says, good good to see you again, Smythe. I trust Intrepid as well. Intrepid was a real person. Okay. He was, And I remember because on my parents' bookshelf was the book A Man Called Intrepid. And I wish, mm. wish I knew what happened to that book. Now I, I, I want to read it. It was about the, yeah, the, the spying that, that Britain did during World War II. And oh, the cool. book had only recently been published. So all wow. that stuff had been secret for a long time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that because I know there's a we've had, you know, ships uh, by that name in like the naval uh, service. There's mm -hmm. yeah. there was an intrepid. But yeah, wow, that's interesting. Thanks for uh, letting me know about that because I did not know that. <laughs> that's cool. But uh, yeah, they yeah. kind of go back and forth. William here, right? Stevenson was his name. Oh, the author? Yep. Oh, the, the actual guy? Oh, OK, yep. cool. Yeah, he was cool. the M of what would become MI5, MI6 or MI5? One of those MIs, yeah. yeah. One of those. One, yeah. <laughs> Martin will tell us. Yeah, he would know. <laughs> so, yeah, they basically say that there's, you know, some shenanigans going on and uh, Hitler's going to be invading England within the next uh, week or two. And, uh, you know, FDR, again, he's hesitant to uh, get troops uh, to help out because, you know, he, he told the voters that he was going to keep America out of the wars because, you know, people were kind of more of. I feel like maybe, I don't know if isolationist is quite the word, but after World War One, you know, people were kind of a little sour about war. So he's still kind of like, uh, I don't think we should do that. And he's like, well, we do have these uh, costumed heroes that could help out. And I love those pictures he throws out on the table there. Yeah. That's really great. We have Batman, The Flash, GL, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, and Our Man. And then it just says the beginning at the bottom. Really cool. Yeah. I love that. And then chapter one here, Gotham City, USA. So I did find this interesting. I didn't know if this was Staten and Layton's kind of a preferred method of drawing Batman or were they trying to make him look a little more. He, he just looks a little cartoony to me compared to what I'm used to. But maybe I'm used to the more brooding Bronze Age Batman. I, I think, think you must be because this is this is more dynamic than how he was being depicted in 1940 comics. But yeah, I think he does, because if you look on the, in the splash page, the way he draws Superman is different, too. I think he's going for what he can sit, what his idea of a golden age feel is. Yeah, I agree. That okay. he's going, this isn't the 70s. This isn't Denny and Neil's Batman. This is more Bill Fingers Batman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That well, that, that makes complete sense. Or maybe sense. a little more Dick Sprang, but he's not. Yes. It's, it's more a, a, a late Silver Age kind of version of Batman. 
Oh, okay, cool. I did think Commissioner Gordon, to me, he looks like really old in this. And I'm thinking that's oh, the man. way he looked. That's the yeah. way he looked for, <laughs> for, year, for decades. That's awesome. <laughs> I do like how Batman comes into the office, though, and meets uh, Flash and GL here right away. And they're like almost like, wow, Batman, cool. I love that part. Yeah. And then Smythe is like, all right, we don't have time for this. What does he say? Gentlemen, gentlemen, this is no time for idle socializing. <laughs> I love how Smythe uh, kind of tells him, like, this isn't uh, no hero worship of each other here. Let's get going. We have business here. And uh, Staten does a nice job. I mean, the, the whole team does a nice job because that bit of dialogue happens at the far left side of the panel. And on the right side of the panel, the heroes are still shaking hands. And they're in full color while Smythe is in silhouette. Well, mm. he's he's not complete silhouette, but he's not fully colored. It's a, it's a nice panel. Yeah, yeah. there's a lamp, a lamp or light on them specifically, and then he's yeah. like in the shadow there. Yeah, that's that's really really nice, uh, really nice panel. Good call out there. And then he kind of tells them like, hey, you know, I love how they say Batman says, "What? Who are you?" And he goes, "My name's not important." And I thought, well, if he said that to the Batman in modern times, I feel like he'd be missing some teeth. <laughs> 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 that wouldn't float with the uh, the new Batman, but he goes, all it's important is your mission, and he, uh, you know, gives, gives them a little brief about a mission they're going to go on, and I like the panel at the bottom, too, where they're at the uh, airstrip there, and the plane's mm -hmm. taking off. That looks really cool, too. Yeah, yeah, it does. Driving rain. Yeah, really, really neat. And then uh, we go to Chapter 2, which is uh, Glasgow, Scotland, so they're not too terribly far from Mart. I mean, I think he's closer to Edinburgh, but, you know, he's they're, they're at least on the same continent as our uh, brother in office here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and then we see uh, uh, somebody on a. It looks like they're like smoking a pipe here, and it says. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. 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 There she That's... is, Mc McMurdy Castle, right? And he lights his pipe, and Batman says, "There's the signal. That lighted pipe means British intelligence is jamming all radio frequencies locally." The Nazi rats can't get any information out. <laughs> 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 and I didn't notice this. Uh, until I was looking on uh, Grand Comics database, and they have a couple of little, uh, uh, little uh, gaffes here. Uh, they go yes. busting in through the gate here, and GL uses his ring to smash something made of wood. Right, <laughs> yeah. a glowing green battering ram bashes against ancient oaken doors. Yeah, even mm -hmm. someone in the letter, the letters uh, to this comic, to All Star Comics, said that they forgot that. GL's ring does not work against wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great panel, though. I love it. It it's is a great panel. Look at how cool that ram looks. Yeah. And what yeah, is Batman right. swinging from again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Maybe this is how Joe, because Joe Stanton drew uh, the Green Lantern so well in this book, is how he ended up getting that the main title years later. Yeah. Could be because it looks really, I mean, the whole page and uh, the, all the characters look good, but GL looks really, really good there. Yeah. Yeah, and then he smashes down the gate, and we see that there's uh, Nazis at this castle, and they're, they've got some kind of secret mission going on. And <laughs> I love how they just come in and start cleaning house and really yep. get the crap out of all these guys like they're they're nothing. But this, uh, I think his name is Stryker. Uh, Helmut he, Stryker, yeah. Yeah, he manages to push a button here on this console, and it releases this giant Nazi robot here, which looks really crazy. Like, really creepy and crazy and scary. I like it. It's like, it doesn't look to anything, you know, it looks like something that would have been sophisticated in the Golden Age. Uh, so it kind of pops out and clobbers Batman, and the Flash has this really concerned look on his face, and he goes, it's some sort of robot, and it already KO'd Batman. And he's <laughs> like, no matter how fast it is, I'm the fastest man alive. And I'll whip it right off its ferris feet. But <laughs> he just, like, bounces right off of it. Like, he tried Cultum. to... 
<laughs> yeah. I thought you trying to like battering ram it. And I'm thinking it's a giant hunk of metal flash. Like, I don't think that was a great idea. <laughs> He's still new with this. Yeah. You figure these all, and that is a good Ooh. point. All these heroes are very, you know, still very new to superheroing, right? So exactly. It, yeah. They're not this really going to always know what to do. 40 flash his last appearance was in flash comics number 12 so he's only been around for about a year yeah that's what i was thinking six months to a year tops yeah. right most of these heroes it's not really like they have a ton of experience under their belt and the uh, robot makes a uh, short work of them here right mm-hmm. mm, and then uh he says he's going to uh uh, the green, or he says, yes, the green objects seem to last only as long as the cloaked one was conscious. So the little prison that uh, GL had made for some of the uh, Nazis disappears when he gets knocked out. Yeah. And then he says, these Americaners are fascinating, even if they were no match for superior Aryan technology. <laughs> Der Fuhrer himself will want to see them in Berlin. So we know uh, those three guys are headed for Berlin with uh, Stryker here, but there's an interlude in Salem, Massachusetts, right, uh, Ross? Oh yeah, this I love this little thing where Doc uh -huh. Fates Doc Fates watching in his crystal ball, um, and he couldn't respond. But so he's gonna go join, and he kidnaps our man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're coming with me, buddy. Yeah, that's wild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I I love our man. I always like seeing our man. I love that costume. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm, it shouldn't work, and it does because Rex Tyler is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and is great. he popping a is he like with one hand is he popping a mercurial mer pill? I don't pill? think so. I yeah, I think he's just caught off guard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is you know I might are bringing this up right now. This story moves along. It's such a clip. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it you just hang on and keep going. We got to get these heroes together somehow. So that's why the Flash had to bounce off this Nazi robot so he can knock out Green Lantern. Otherwise, the three of them would have been done. The story would have been over. You know, they they had the Nazis. They had him wrapped up. They had him in a cage. The Green Lantern could have taken care of a robot. But no, he's unconscious. So now we can have an excuse to get the other heroes in. And we have, we're just going to keep 400 miles an hour. How does Dr. Fate know this? He's Dr. Fate. How does he know our man? He's Dr. Fate. What does our man do? Say, okay. Yeah, he, who or what are you? When he grabs him out of midair here. <laughs> That's fantastic. And they just uh, start heading to... Have a page after page of, of dialogue of these two guys exploring what they should be or should not be doing. Yeah, no, Levitz no. gets in and gets out here. He does a great yes. job. I like how he has these fairly short chapters. Yes. But there's mm -hmm. so much goes on in each chapter, and the chapters get bigger and bigger. As he goes along, all these setup ones, a lot happens and, you know, you're introduced to a lot of characters. I mean, Levitz, he knew how to juggle a lot of characters. Yes, he did. And yeah. he got better and better at it. Yeah. So that's that this is so I mean, and he's and it's what's great is he's building it is how all the all the Justice Society members are there until, you know, you get the cherry on the top at the end. Oh, yes. Mm hmm. So, yeah, like like you were saying, it's broken up into, I think, seven chapters and boom, chapter three already. We're uh, mm -hmm. over in Berlin here. Uh, the striker got the three uh, heroes, Flash, GL and Batman and hopped on a plane, I guess. And they're already in Berlin, Germany from Scotland. And yeah. uh, Hitler is up there and they have all three of them tied up. And he's, you know, spouting off and saying about how great he is. And superheroes are members of the puny race. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's going kind of nutty here. And he has the spear of destiny and. uh 
he goes to grab Batman's mask here. So what'd you think of this part? This was kind of funny. Oh, I love I, the yeah, this is it's a it's a good <laughs> bit when he takes Batman's mask off and then at the bottom of the page and the top of the page, he's still wearing a mask. I had forgotten about this and I went, what is Batman wearing two masks? Is this some silly, but they're doing something like from the TV show and then, oh no, that's right. Dr. Fate did it. <laughs> Dr. Fate did it. <laughs> so, and this is the thing with Dr. Fate. Never, no one's ever been sure exactly what he can or cannot do. He does what he can or cannot do what the story needs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, he can't clean up all the Nazis. He can't fight all the Valkyries and win in four panels, but you know, he can make a new Batman mask. Because <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, that's a really funny scene. And I love how, that, yeah. Go ahead, Ross. Batman's got this great grin on his face. It's a little smirk. Yes, it is like, a smirk. <laughs> he does. That's fantastic. I thought, oh, did he know he was up there or what? <laughs> but yeah. Batman's so, just out- cool. He can handle everything. Yeah, apparently even back in the 1940, he was a, a, a cool customer, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Fate and Our Man are there. And uh Dr. Fate right away just starts zapping the crap out of all these Nazis and our man jumps down and he, you know, uh, frees Batman, Flash and GL. And, you know, you know, what's on from here. There's going to be five heroes. And right away you think, oh, well, Hitler and his forces are going to have no shot against the five of them. But then uh, Hitler wields the spear of destiny and he uh, uh, says this, I swear by this mystic spear and by all that is holy to Germany. And I love uh, Dr. Fate there on uh, page 12. Madman down that talisman and or your control <laughs> i love that that sounds exactly like how i yeah. do dr fate in my head yeah yeah that becomes the spear of destiny the MacGuffin of destiny as far as <laughs> world war ii superheroes are concerned <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep fantastic but yeah it doesn't take long for these valkyrie to show up and they have some interesting costumes on here. I feel like uh, Staten and Leighton are trying to uh, push the uh, sexy here, right? Woo-hoo. Well, these they are very Joe Staten costumes. Oh yeah, yeah. That they're, they he will design costumes very similar to on many women in his career. Um, oh okay. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of like it's it's a very it's just his like kind of soft science fiction. Like everybody wears thigh high boots and swims. You know, it's yeah. It's, it, and I forgot about him. Bests. Yeah, it's kind of that 70s thing about women going to battle in like pieces of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's complete. Yeah, you're not kidding. I was like, wow, I was really shocked by that when I saw that. Like, these costumes, man, for late 70s, that's a, they're, they're pushing the envelope a little bit here. They sure were. Yeah, I know that's so, something in, in the uh, when they did the origin post crisis that. Roy Thomas wanted to do more uh, traditional Valkyrie. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be traditional with your fictional characters, uh, that's. <laughs> 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 this, this is how they looked. This is how Valkyries chose to dress that day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're feeling a little wild today. So they wanted yeah. to dress. Uh, they wanted to dress for the job they really wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, this is wild. Disco it's, jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Hitler's got the spear and he's uh, still, you know, uh, shooting his mouth off as usual. And the heroes go right out to, uh, you know, meet the Valkyrie. But it's it's pretty clear right away that at best the heroes are going to, you know, stalemate the Valkyrie. They're, yeah. It's, it's pr- pretty evident they're not going to be able to defeat them, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And likewise, yeah, they're not going to be defeated somehow. <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah it's really cool it's it, like they almost like i feel like levitt's thought okay 
you know, we have so many pages to fill here. So we have to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say drag this fight out, but it, it is a bit long of a fight here because it goes on for a while. Then stops it does. And starts back up. It goes on across half a continent and an ocean. It's not being dragged out. It's being sustained. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. Cause then we see Hitler, he still has the spear and he says, uh, field marshal general, you have seen the sign. The gods themselves have shown that I am right, and Germany is destined to rule. Order the ships to sea. We invade England tonight. Tonight. And I really, <laughs> I really like page fourteen. There it shows a map of you know uh, Europe, and in the top corner there's a, a panel of a Valkyrie and Doctor Fate fighting, and then we have that sh- crazy looking striker guy uh, in the middle panel, and then the bottom panel is uh, the fleet of ships, uh, you know, around uh, Normandy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like it to show you how big an event it is. It's like, we're just going to show you a map of how big this story really is going to get. Mm-hmm. And it gets bigger and bigger. It's like the chapters get bigger and bigger because of, you know, the 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 scope of the story is expanding exponentially. Mm. Yeah, and this was my favorite part of the story when it looks like things are not going well for those heroes. So Dr. Fate's like, well, we need backup. So I so need this, more heroes, right? Yeah, just be, before, because we're going to lose this character, but this Helmut Stryker guy, mm-hmm. according to uh, looking at Mike's Amazing World, he had appeared in Wonder Woman. Um, wow. Okay. As, as where did it go? Red Panzer. Mm, interesting. So like Golden oh. Age Wonder Woman? No. Oh. This is Wonder Woman of 1977, but the story was set in World War II. Oh, yeah. Right. When Can- yeah. It was Canager was writing it, he said it in the Second World War. No, no, no. It was Marty Pasco writing it. Oh, it's Pasco. This is when the, the uh, TV show was on. Yeah. And the show was set in World War II, so DC Comics decided to put the comic in World War II. And the crossover issue, which in from which featured both Wonder Woman of Earth 1 and Wonder Woman of Earth 2. Man, that's hard to say without stuttering. Um, <laughs> that featured this villain, the Red Panzer. So that's his first real appearance. However, um, Paul Levitz in this the JSA origin uses the same person and puts him back into 1940 before he makes his appearance in the Wonder Woman story. Is that is that clear? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, sure. You're, right? you're, used, to, you're used to these things. You're used to how comic book time works. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, Ross should understand this being a Doctor Who fan, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I love this chapter for America because uh, I love the Wesley Dodd Sandman. Oh, I and love this, this Red Panzer keeps shows up quite a bit. Oh wow! So he's got a bunch of appearances, huh? He's a couple more on Wonder Woman, and then one of my favorite stories. World's finest number two fifty. Oh, okay. Ross and I, you and I just talked about a world's finest. Was it two fifty one, two fifty two? No, three fifty one, three fifty. This was a. Here. This is where world's finest was a dollar comic, and this was yep, a story that, that featured them, yeah. everybody right. except for the creeper. Yeah, I yeah. think we, we there was a we crazy Haney. one then. Yeah, I can't remember what the number was, but it was a crazy Haney story and. Uh. Uh, yeah, it was wild. I loved it, but <laughs> an <laughs> yeah, alien that stole chlorophyll. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, and and Batman and Superman both got naked in the comic. It's like what? <laughs> yeah. Haney's the best. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, I love this Sandman here. He's knocking out a crook or a couple of crooks, right? And then he leaves a note there as he swings away. I love that. That's fantastic. 
yeah, yeah. i love that costume i just that's a great costume yeah he's definitely my favorite version and uh he uh goes swinging away you know batman style here but before he can swing too far he's getting grabbed by some uh tentacle here some spaghetti wire that's glowing orange and then the next thing you know there's the adam and hawk man there as well and he grabs all three of them are being grabbed and pulled across the atlantic ocean and uh by you know dr fate we saw he was the one that had these uh uh arms for lack of a better term reaching yep. out for other heroes and i love that scene but we do see a, a moon here and a shot of the moon and uh there's a uh and an a interesting silhouette shadow. on the moon. Yeah, an interesting shadow here flying across the moon, right? <laughs> so oh, right yeah. there in two pages, one one whole page is just setting the scene of the Sandman knocking out some crooks. Well, ha having already gassed some crooks, he's ready to, to leave the scene. The next page, two more heroes are grabbed, and the explanations are done via telepathy from Dr. Fate. So we don't have to have a whole bunch of expository dialogue because we're the reader. We know what's been going on. And now they're all caught up to speed. If this had been Marvel team up, they would have had to fight for five pages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I didn't even but, notice this until it was pointed out again on Grand Comics Database that Hawkman, that's a more modern uh, look for Hawkman. Not, yeah. He used, he used to have a full face mask. And I thought, oh, yeah, I do remember that. because Remember to those first mask. issues of All-Star Squadron? We had the yeah. top and bottom beak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's more like the Earth One Hawkman. Yeah, which still looks really super cool to me. But that's yeah. a it was a good catch by them because I didn't even think of it. I'm like, yep, there's Hawkman and there's Adam and there's Sandman. Like, no big deal. But again, we see as they're being dragged away, like I said, there's a, a shadow there. And uh, it doesn't say who it is. You know, I mean, if, you're, <laughs> if you've been reading uh, these comics, you could probably figure it out. But uh, we then switch to, again, we're already on the, the next chapter. The faint ghostly image of the fourth hero answering that mystic summons. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, two pages and boom, that quick, chapter five, yep. right? The Let's white get on with over. this story. Yes. We have an invasion to look at. <laughs> yeah, and then here's a, you know, a familiar scene for World War II, you know, the Nazi soldiers trying to invade England here. And I love the White Cliffs of Dover there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the, and the British soldier, the... The, the officer shooting his revolver. So calm. Yeah, and it mm. has the string on it. I found yep. uh, I kind of like that because they they wore their they had their their pistols were tied to their belt. Mm. So if they dropped it, they yeah, still they had it. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember this: uh, United States is not in World War II yet, so Sergeant Rock is not there to help. Yes, because mm -hmm. Easy Company could have taken care of these guys. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Although nothing's ever easy for easy. No, not one of all. my favorite panels is on page 19. The second panel, Hawkman um, shoving against that that landing craft mm -hmm. and the way that Joe has drawn it, his his the strength in his back, his arms are straight out and his back looks like it's bent, but not bent badly he's just so powerful yeah and then we got a, a mind got here winged soldiers mind got you always have to get one of them <laughs> all the great german comic book talk is in this mm -hmm. and then the mm -hmm. atom picks the one guy up wrong ratsy only hawkman has wings <laughs> <laughs> he picks the guy up and throws him against another couple of soldiers and there's the sandman taking care of some guys here and yep. what did you think of that panel there with sandman I like it. I kind of got confused. Is he making the? Oh, he's just throwing sand into their face, and it's making them go to sleep. It's his. Yeah. It's his 
his patented uh, sleepy sand. Except it wasn't. This is another mm-hmm. mistake they made. Yep. He was using a gas gun back then. And yeah, he's I was wondering. Lead- both times he's throwing at that, though. Well, at the <laughs> first time we see him, he's already, we have to assume he's already gassed the crooks. But he leaves the sand as like a calling card. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. what, Okay. Yeah, he had a gun. Yeah, a gas gun. That's what yep. he used early on there. So, yeah, a little bit of a mistake there, too. But again, I love the panel. There's Who really cares, good. though? Yeah, it looks great. It's a great it's panel. Zip, it's zip, zip, zip. Yeah. He, like a close that, that's how face. Sandman takes care of Nazis, soldiers. Yeah, and they really start taking them down really quick. And they kind of think like, ha ha, we, you know, whip them. We're in we're in charge here. And then they look out to sea and they see these gigantic Nazi ships coming towards shore. And yeah. They're like, uh-oh, we are not going to be able to handle this. And then uh, finally the... Uh, Shadow on the Moon uh, makes his appearance, right? <laughs> the Spectre. Yeah, he looks Astral great. Avenger, known only as the Spectre. And I just know, looking at that image on page twenty of the Spectre, it looked very much like the way Jim Aparo had been drawing mm-hmm. in, in Adventure Comics just a few years earlier. The bronze yeah. one. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it looks great. That's a fantastic image. And then uh, again, boom! Chapter six. We're on another chapter already. Berlin, oh. Germany. And the fight is still going on. Yeah, it's a huge Spear bouncing off a green globe. Green Lantern's fighting by itself, and the guys are resting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad he ate his Wheaties that morning, because the rest Mm. of the guys, I guess, didn't. (laughs) So he's a shield up on his left, blocking, you know, getting stabbed, and then using a force bubble to help out his buddies not get uh, impaled by a spear by a Valkyrie there, but... Then that Dr. Fate's like, well, I've had my little bit of respite, so let me out of here. And he comes out swinging for the fences, right? Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. he's rested. He, he pulls a powerful spell and defeats the Valkyries, which drives Hitler nuts. Oh, yeah. He goes, der Valkyries, they are not winning. This is impossible. <laughs> they must win. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, he starts snapping out. And this is where he says, uh, you know, he grabs, uh, what's his name there? Uh, his, Professor uh, Stauffen. Yeah, Stauffen. He says, your new bomb, your new bomber, why does it not drive them from the sky? And he goes, this is not built for that here, Hitler. It is an experimental long-range bomber. And I thought, well, there you go. That says a lot about Hitler. He thinks he has one kind of a weapon, and he doesn't even know what he's talking about. The guy's like, dude, that's not what it's for. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so he tells him to, you know, take the plane and take off and use the Valkyrie as a basically a, you know, some Fly guards. to Washington. Yeah, to go find Washington, D.C. and drop the bomb on them. And yavel, mein Fuhrer. <laughs> and the plane takes off. And again, this is comic book time. Things happen right away. I mean, how long would it take to get an experimental aircraft? You got to get, get it fueled up. Prepped you got to get everything. the pilots ready. You got to clear. No, no, boom, let's go right away. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it does that. say. It does only say moments later. So moments again, later. <laughs> not like the pilots were asleep and you had to wake them up. No, nope, oh. they were in the plane ready to hit go. It's <laughs> that German efficiency. Mm, the plane looks really cool, though. I like the way the plane looks. They did a great job drawing that as well. Was that a real? I wonder if that was a real plane. The caption says a modified Dornier DO-217. So um, maybe they've used a photo reference for a real plane. It's, yeah, it looks authentic. Yeah, it looks really good. I like it, man. It's really awesome. You see the ships stuff. look good too in the next page. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. How about that? Pay, chapter seven. We're already on, you know, pretty much the final chapter here, but the English Channel. And yeah, why don't uh, Ross? Why don't you uh, speak on this for a second here? What about that splash page with the Spectre? Wow. 
I love it because it does remind me of those 70s Spectre comics that Jim yeah. Carrey. Yeah, glorious. And also, they would do this with him in the Justice League JSA team up series. You know, there's one, I forget what issues is, where he's holding two planet or two parallel Earths apart. That's right. Yeah. So I like this that it, he's, there's a reason they didn't. I don't know. In the, his own comic in the 40s, I don't, was he this omnipotent? He could be, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Until yeah. he be, you know, became uh, one up by Percival Pop Supercop. <laughs> so after, I just, the, after the war, things weren't nearly as serious in <laughs> superhero comics. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So I did just look it up quick, and the Dornier DOT-217 was a bomber used by the German Luftwaffe during World War II as a more powerful development of the Dornier uh, DO-17. So, yep, that was wow. uh, legit. Yeah, it looks pretty, looks pretty close, too. So, yeah, kudos to them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah, they did. That's, that's you, can forgive, you can forgive them not doing the research for Sandman's gas gun because they're doing the heavy-duty research on real, actual aircraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about <laughs> Spectre picking up this uh, oh, ger- German page. officer? Oh, wow, this is awesome. He picks him up and uh, looks right at him, and uh, the caption box says, Some turn back and evade his final chilling touch, but others are too proud to turn and run. Admiral Wilhelm von Krupp is a proud man. His father had served Bismarck. His ancestors served in the Prussian military. And then he looks into the eyes of the Spectre, and again, he's like about the size of like a flea here compared to the and Spectre. And all he saw was mm-hmm. death. Oh, that's great! Yeah, he sees a skull, and it looks like it drives him insane. I think they oh, yeah. did stuff like that in the in the forties, in the Jerry yeah. Siegel stories. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love. You it. know, this is the kind of writing I grew up with with co- comic book writing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we get a little biography of this character who was never seen before and will never see be seen again. You get his name, you get his rank, you get a little bit of his heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, that's what they did. How they wrote that thing, Conway and Claremont, especially Claremont, would give you 15 pages of biography for some minor <laughs> character. Oh yeah, 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 he would. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, you don't get that nowadays. It's just no. uh, it's nice coloring. Just... I mean, oh. coloring in terms of the the over the not the colors we see on the page, but the coloring of the story to, mm-hmm. to give some nuance. That's uh, the Spectre's taking it personal here. He's he's using his fists to grab ships, but he's also picking up individuals and scaring them out to death, literally. Mm, and I love that bottom panel too, where he's standing there still, like how deep is the English Channel and the water? Yeah, he's up way to, like his waist. <laughs> <laughs> and the Adam looks like, I mean, I know the Adam's not a big guy, but he looks like a child next to Hawkman. There. Yeah, <laughs> Sandman too. He's looking on. But, uh, yep, then uh, here comes Dr. Fate and his crew from Germany. They've shown up as well for this, uh, you know, uh, again, round two almost with the Valkyrie here, right? Where yep. everybody kind of bands oh, together yeah. to fight the Valkyrie. I love this... there's a little inset panel that Joe drew of the, of the Spectre shrinking down to human scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the moon behind him there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. nice. Really, really And this cool. And you mentioned the Atom, and that's something that disappointed me a lot uh, in All-Star Squadron. Yeah, even as much as I like Rich Buckler's work, he never drew Adam proportionally correct. Adam always looked like he was a tall man. Yeah, he's gotta, he was he's never look in like the a right short proportion. man. He has to have short legs and short arms. He's powerful, but he's he's smaller. And he's look he looks his proper scale here. Yeah, 
Yeah, he definitely does. He he looks like a foot shorter than pretty much the rest of the heroes, right? Yeah, which is yeah. what he should be. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, here we go. Like we said, it's you know round two with the Valkyrie here, and this is a crazy, crazy brawl that, again, seems like, you know, the heroes are kind of back and forth. Like, you know, you don't know if they're going to be able to take him or not, but then uh, here we go with uh, Washington, D.C., right? Yeah. Yep. Takes us two pages to get to Washington, D.C. It's awesome. As they fight across the ocean. Yeah, and you see the bomber, like the bomber in that bottom panel of uh, 27. It's like, how fast is that plane going? <laughs> I mean, yeah. a modern jet takes, what, six or yeah. seven hours across exactly. the Atlantic? This is not a jet. This it's a Learjet. a propeller. <laughs> All right, so yeah. it's, it's the Valkyries are pushing it. They're mystical beings, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have supersonic strength. Yeah, the Spear of Destiny is helping yeah. them get it over there faster, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a... Uh, Again, they fight all the way across the Atlantic, and then they're over D.C. fighting. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, no, they're going to you know, drop the bomb on the White House. And GL says, no, it's incredible, but we've got a reprieve. Look, leaping up from the press building. And holy uh, smokes, when you turn that page, wow. Oh, my God. That's oh, the see, best okay, page I'm ever. Reading, okay, so you have to turn the page in the comic to do it. Yes. it's. I'm in the all-star comics only legends live forever which reprints all the justice of 70s justice society in it mm-hmm. so it's it's they're side by side oh it's on the oh. right hand side yeah that's that oh, is a I, crime yeah you needed yeah. to put you needed to put a filler page or oh something my goodness in yes <laughs> yeah because so that was just, just oh man because yeah because page 27 and 28 should be side by side so we yeah. have those oh, that makes, two oh, that big is, huge vertical panels of the fight and then on the on the left, and then on the right, it's it's a series. It's four horizontal panels as we approach Washington, and a close up of Green Lantern. Then you turn the page, and it's Superman. Yeah, that's I didn't. Oh, because uh, oh, th- mm-hmm. that's sad. Yeah, that in is. the trade, I have the Justice Society trades, volume one and two, the the paperbacks. And yeah, is it right in that? Is it correct in that? Yeah, you have to flip the page, and then you see Superman smashing the crap out of that Nazi ship. It's it's, it's ah. fantastic. Oh. Ah. Man, is that great? And again, that is how it should be read. Yeah, yeah, the the bomb got away though, and here goes the bomb, and he just yeah. Oh, but okay, so oh. hold on, it's just a second. Look at that that in that panel, and he it's oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> that is oh, that yeah. is the Jerry Su- Joe Schuster Superman. But you notice the pilots have bailed out. <laughs> they have. It's a GI Joe episode. It's still <laughs> our. It's still our Superman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it looks great, though. And then, yeah, he flies down to the ground and catches this huge catches bomb. The bomb. Well, I think yeah. it's it because at this point, Levitz is writing that Superman can fly. He's leaping. Him and Power Girl, when Levitz wrote this, they don't really fly. That's well, that's it. He leapt up. He destroyed the plane. And he's if you look at that first panel on page 30, he is descending. There are some lines. He's, yeah. he's in his cape is up. And Dr. Fate cast a spell as my spell sends you hurtling towards the ground below mm-hmm. so yeah fate makes superman able to fly to catch the bomb yeah i, I like how he calls fate that's golden a nice boy. touch yeah <laughs> it's time to grab the falling bomb right golden boy <laughs> i miss i miss 70s 60s and 70s superheroes giving each other cheesy nicknames <laughs> well he doesn't oh. know superman doesn't know who he is yeah Oh, it's great. Yeah, but he catches it. And then I love that little panel of fate there at the bottom. And even though it's a, a, a panel by itself there, we see Superman's cape, you know, bleeding into that panel. I love yes. That. Yeah. Uh, and his head is overlapping the previous panel. Yeah, that's really good. And fate says, praise the cosmos. 
and now Superman, an explanation is in order. And we see a caption box that reads, an explanation that we may skip over, reader, <laughs> yeah. since we have witnessed these history-making events from the beginning. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there's, there's basically just one final scene yet to unplay here, right, with uh, the White House and this Valkyrie. Yeah, the one that gets into the White House. This is a yeah. moment that I always loved. Yeah, this is great. Uh, this is the that panel of that page of Superman is one of my favorites, and this this page as well is made me really love the Adam Alpratt. What a yeah, great it did. It, it made him, and it, I think writers took this as uh, you know what I mean. I think that kind of changed how people wrote Alpratt after this. Maybe because yeah. he people would. I mean, Thomas made him front and center yep. for a while in All Star. Mm-hmm. Um, John's did a little bit when he was developing Adam Smasher and you know the legacy part that yeah. you know Al had a- an influence on other heroes and that he was kind of the heart of the Justice Society for a and while. And this is an act of a hero. This is a yes. heroic act. Yeah, mm-hmm. diving in front of the blast and saving the life of a person. In this case, the president. Yeah, FDR, who's about to get zapped by this Valkyrie, and he jumps right in front and. Uh, I thought to myself, well, what's going to happen here? But, you know, you turn the page and Superman grabs his Valkyrie. And it's interesting. In the one panel, you see her and he's got her and then she disappears. And he goes, what? She's vanished from my grip. And fate says her mission was over, Superman. She failed. She was summoned back to the land beyond faster than mortal eyes can see. The Flash says and Superman says, I think I'll leave the magic to you, fate. I prefer dealing with things that stay solid. <laughs> uh, but poor Al. But yeah, he's he's okay. He does uh, recover here pretty. He's hurt, but he's not he's not down and out, right? He's got that best line. How's the little fellow, the one who took the spear aim for me? For fine, Mr. President. Don't you know you can't split an atom? <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. That's great. Yeah, Levitz was awesome in this one. And then FDR's like, hey, you two, you know, you guys should all form a group and, you know, be a, a snappy army regiment. Snappy army regiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Superman's like, I don't think that's possible. And the Spectre, more things are possible than you know, Superman. <laughs> mm, and then fate. And this one is necessary if we are to battle the great evils I see in the days ahead. And I like how fate and Spectre are standing apart from everybody else. Yep. Yeah. The, However, they, they're the ones speaking, so they're encouraging everyone to be together. Yeah, because they they got you know they've probably got some insight. Hmm. And I like how Superman looks like a like a Schuster Superman. Yes, he does. It yeah, is. He looks I like great. I like this. I like this version of the shield. I like that he's got that big movie star's jaw. Yep. And that cape, the the way the cape is fastened, where it's kind of inset, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's just it's it's just one of my favorite. One of my favorite panels of all time is there's this uh, the the first panel where Superman comes back in uh, the All Star by Wally Wood, and he yes you know and he's standing there and it's wood and um it it's just perfect and then you get a totally different version of him by Staten that's just as perfect. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Now going through it just now with you two fellas and looking at even more closely. Paul Levitz has done a great, great job, but he's done something with one of the characters that makes him closer to his 1977 contemporary than he was at the time. Batman. 
He looks more 70s than he did in the 40s. But he has, Batman has not spoken since page eight. Yeah. Yeah, he has really nothing to say. And I mean, he, he has kept... nothing to say. He doesn't need to say anything. He doesn't need to any smart remarks. He doesn't need to be the smartest guy in the room. Nope. nope. He's a man <laughs> of action. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's just fighting Valkyrie and just there to support everybody yep. else through 90% of the book. Yeah. It's great. I love that. Wow. Not and then everybody has to say everything. Yeah, and then speak on this last page. So Hawkman's holding up the atom, and Superman's next to him, and Hawkman says, sounds good to me, team. We'll band together, form a special super battalion. And Superman says, no, not a battalion. We're not part of any army. We fight only in the cause of justice, and that'll give us our name. And then that last page, wow. The Justice Society of America. And, Ross, that's another page turn. Is it that way oh. in the... In the Yes, it's a page turn because Good. it would have been it would have been on the letters column or so. I mean, you've got the comic. Where's the letters column in that magazine? Is it right there at the end? It's after that. It's the story behind the story. It's two pages. Hmm. Oh. Of, 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 I hate of, it when they don't put those text pieces in these collections. That's it's a that's a shame because this explains how they went looking for the origin and they went through all the all-star issues and then all the justice league and issues. there never and was there one, was yeah. never was one and there's a key to the splash page oh okay that's interesting yeah that's really cool so you could have used that eh yeah <laughs> especially <laughs> oh for wow guy. yeah for mr uh yeah well and i like there's a little tiny uh text piece at the bottom it says in the winter of 1940 adolf hitler abandoned plans to invade england to this day no one knows why no one but then no one but the 10 heroes, ten heroes who battled across two continents to ruin those plans and give birth to a legend. And then in the bottom right hand corner, never, never the end. The end. Yeah, I love that, it. Yes. Great. And I love I, I love the signature on in the on the left hand side at the, the bottom. Stellaton. Stellate. It's uh, that both their That's names are really signed clever. On. Yeah, that is yeah. very cool. That's another one I would like a print of. Oh, and this also the. um. The way the Adam and Hawkman are together, I think I wonder if that's a conscious nod to the uh, 1960s series when they had their their solo oh, yeah. books combined. Yeah, that they were, but they were two of that was kind of those things. And I don't know who was writing Justice League, and then the, uh, who was writing the Adam Hawkman's book? Was it still Fox or is it Bird? Um, I don't know. I didn't. I've never, I've never seen those books. It might They're really Fox weird. Room, it's only yeah. like six or seven issues, and you're yep. kind of like, what the heck is this? My brother bought a couple out of a dime bag, uh, bin in the 70s and went, look yeah neither book was selling well so they merged them which is the death knell of any book except for Man, once in a blue moon you were lucky to have a, a brother to yeah, oh, oh, hip we, you to stuff like that oh my god we had thousands of comics he had a trunk that didn't when my dad came back from vietnam we were living in arlington and he had a footlocker a military wooden footlocker full of comics that got flooded wow and there was some very early, and I'm like, what was in it? And he goes, I just, he wouldn't tell me for years because it still hurt because they had to throw them away. Oh. And it was oh. early and mid-60s comics. He never threw a comic away. Wow. So it's like I went, and he goes, you don't, we don't, let's just talk about it. <laughs> but he also Damn. kept everything. So, I mean, we had chunks of stuff. Like he, and he put stuff in order and he gave me big stuff. He gave me comics to leave him alone on a car trip from San Diego to San Francisco <laughs> to New York City. Holy smoke. Yeah, my dad came back from Vietnam and we had to live in Pendleton for a year. 
Mm-hmm. And then he was uh, transferred to the Army War College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. That was is in, it was in the old mm. Indian school. Oh, and that's where Jim is, Thorpe went, right? He's buried behind the motor pool. No, wow, I knew it. And it's still the Army name. War College, um, and it's where you, officers who want to, you know, get. My dad had just gotten his bird, his full bird, colonels, but if he wanted to get the star, he had to get a PhD, and you do it in one year. Ah, oh, boy. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. So, yeah, but, that's. So my that's, brother was giving me comics, so I would leave him the hell alone, and he had a bag of <laughs> them in the car because. It was one of those Ford station wagons, mom and dad facing forward, my two yep. brothers in the seats facing forward, and me and my car, little sister facing backwards in the back. You were rolling around in the way back, right? It, well, it had a seat. Oh. And everything was strapped to the roof. The clothes, the luggage was strapped to the roof, and my little sister would get motion sickness. Oh, yeah. And my mm. brothers were like, if we hear it, if she gets sick, we'll pull you out, brother. Don't don't puke <laughs> in the comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but so that's where I got my some of my first Avengers 105, Justice League 100. I uh, forget oh, which Le- I think it was Legion 190s. These are all the ones I remember so, reading. And those he, are great it, ones it, to start with too. Oh, and I still, you know, I have, you know, they're still my t- they're still my touchstone books. Yeah, mm. you know, I mean, I've got all the Legion archives. I've got all the trades. You know, it's something I love. I cover I cover Legion every week. It's the one the hero team I cover every week. Yeah, I you know, and I've I've downloaded, but I haven't listened to those yet. Yes, I'm I'm just doing a read through. It's just me reflecting on reading. I'm up to shooter. I finally got the shooter. Well, he's yeah, they're a lot of, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, all right. Well, any final thoughts on this story, you guys? Any anything else you want to add about this? Just that if you can read it, folks. If you're listening to this, it's on the app. It's in the. DC special and by itself, but it's also in when you go to All Star Comics, uh, the '70s version. The omnibus is in there. This, yeah, it's in, the, the, the collection I read it from is in there too. The yeah, hard, it's in the, the volume one trade that I have. Yeah, so definitely seek it out, right, Terry? Yeah. Well, I was smart. I I paid sixty cents for my copy in 1977. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. smart because I brought it to school, so the covers are kind of banged up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody. Yeah, get the you take it in the the old uh, backpack there. You're uh, yep, tempting my fate. trapper keeper. <laughs> tempting fate there. <laughs> yeah, great, great stuff, great stuff. So, all right, well, that's gonna wrap us up here. So, uh, if anybody's uh, looking for you out there, Ross, uh, where can they find you at? They can find my um, musings about comic books on Stop. Let's team up, uh, where I cover anything about superhero teams, and I will be starting uh, in about two weeks. Or ten, in a little bit, my new Starman podcast, Opal City Confidential, where I will be cu- telling the, his, the story, talking about all the Starmen. Wow. Cool. So you have no time for doing anything else in your life. Uh, I know. My <laughs> wife makes sure I have time to do it. <laughs> but uh, no, I, yeah, I just kind of, it's, I've done my Doctor Who podcast, Gallifrey Most Wanted. I've been doing that for six years, but it was kind of like I wasn't, you know, I wanted a reason to read comics. So, mm-hmm. and I am, I'm jumping, I'm reading a lot of stuff. I read the Starman, um, the, the, the books, the omnibus books, uh, during COVID. It's uh, my, I, I would, sat, read them. I never read all of them and I read them beginning to end. Nice. You, yeah, it is. So I'm it, still kind of new to that, but Oh, that, but that sort of reminds me when I got into, 
recollecting Justice Society stories, um, I used this this new invention, the handy dandy internet. Someone had people had made some lists of Justice Society appearances, so I could find which comics in the '90s I had no idea about to go find, including several Starman comics, because I wasn't buying it all back then. I had no idea what's going on. It's a great series. I used to be Green Arrow used to be my favorite DC character, and then now it's Jack Knight. Jack Knight. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's my my favorite. I'm not a solo. I don't read a lot of solo books, and I didn't read a lot of them until post crisis because I really liked Wally, mm-hmm. uh, the Wally Flash, and I like Kyle Green Lantern. They were, and I did like uh, a lot of the post crisis Superman once. I mean, I the burn stuff's okay, but when it gets to I enjoyed a lot of it when all those great creators were having a chance to write it, you know, Stern and Louise Simons and stuff like that. But I just fell in love. I was getting back. I had taken a little pause in comics and was getting back to it. And I just fell in love with Jack's character. And I even bought the two new compendiums because they've got more stuff in them than the omnibus. Wow. Yeah. They've got the, the last that they did a shade miniseries in the late, in the early two thousands. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Well, what about you, uh, Terry? Where can people find you out there? I lurk on the Twitter and I'm on Facebook. Um, and I also want to push, I'm a rock and roll saxophone player and my band is called Stop Calling Me Frank. We play in the Boston area and uh, you can buy our records from Rumbar Records on Bandcamp and all other streaming platforms. Cool. And then, uh, Ross, you're on Twitter still floating around as well, right? It's uh, at uh, JSA4E, right? Yes, yes. J At JSA, the number four, the letter E, meaning JSA forever. Forever. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, all right. Well, thank you, uh, boys, for joining me today. This was awesome. We'll have to, uh, you know, uh, plot behind the scenes here and uh, get our buddy Martin. And hopefully uh, Sean will be able to join us in the near future again, too, after he, you know, uh, uh, get settled in at a, uh, something new he has going on in his personal life there. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get together and uh, maybe uh, come back and talk about another, uh, you know, Super Squad story. And then, Ross, you know, you and I for sure at least are going to finish up Freedom Fighters as well in the near future, right? Yes, yes. Guys, Looking I've been loving the Freedom Fighters podcast because that's another one of my favorite books. Oh, it's, it's, a, a it's, a great, it's a lot of fun. I'm glad. I had it to buy sure that. The, I had to buy it as a, as a run from um online because i didn't have it and they, it's not on the app and it's never been reprinted it amazes me that's too bad yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of lot it's of fun, fun comics <laughs> yeah those yeah, are is. very much fun yeah very very much fun comics yeah looking forward to it. i think we're on our last one by the time this will come out we'll only have uh, one more episode to go with the last three issues but yeah, yeah. tons of fun on that one so okay all right so well, thank you very much bill i appreciate the invite this has been yeah. fantastic. Nice to meet you, Ross. Nice to meet you, Terry. It was fun. Yeah, a lot of fun today. Thanks a lot for uh, jumping in here. And, and here like I, I said, we'll uh, hopefully get some uh, more episodes uh, out uh, very soon. Hey, everybody. Uh, just uh, Doc Strange here uh, checking in real quick. Uh, thanks once again uh, for the guys uh, for being on the show this time. Really appreciate it. But uh, I also wanted to give uh, a shout out to, you know, some... Uh, Uh, social media love to uh, some of the people that are always interacting with the show on twitter and facebook and stuff like that so uh, on twitter it's uh, heroes united john joshua pedro angosto big bang comics dc mertival historian jsa dignity mike w belcher 
Ted Wildcat Grant, The Bat Pod, Chase, or Quantum of Chase as he's known, Todd Wright, Keith G. Baker, Dr. Ange, Secret Wars on Infinite Earths, Jeffrey Woody, Burt Lyons, Martin Gray, Fully Vaccinated Elf, Jeff Jones, Tall Tower, Chris Lydon, Future Potentate, <laughs> Justin Steiner, and then at Devastation79, Anthony P., Dr. Bob's Kitchen. Uh, we know uh, those boys from uh, Checker Pass Podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, Split Lake 1500, Miguel Alcala, Ryan B., The Terrible Hook, Irredeemable Shag. Uh, and then we had Kirby and Ward Hill Terry, who was actually on this episode. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And then Peter, which is at Spez Baby. And then over on the Facebook page, we had Ricky Allen, Ranger Gord, Ricky Lowe, and Bobby Thorne I wanted to give shout-outs to. So once again, thank you to all of you people for likes and shares and retweets and tuning into the show. It is greatly appreciated. Okay, catch you next time. <laughs>